welcome to the Fuck If I Know Podcast. So, eugenics, a topic that I knew nothing about until Alex presented it to us. Uh, so he's going to do a brief introduction, and then we're going to talk about modern day applications of some pseudo eugenic stuff, I guess, and we'll give our opinions on it and see how it goes. I thought uh, I thought eugenics would be a good jumping off point, something to just spark conversation. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what eugenics is, um, think of think of it as being good genes. So it's a it's a bunch of you know, leg- legislations, um, a bunch of social practices to kind of promote like a healthier gene pool and kind of discourage um, the promotion of negative genes and pushing those off into future generations. Now, the way that this used to be handled, starting like in the early 1900s, like 1920s in the United States, was through... Um, mass sterilizations and implementations of laws that usually ban things like same-sex marriage and uh interracial marriage i guess not same-sex marriage because you can't really reproduce that way but the good old days yes the good old days yeah so i i also i just thought it was interesting to talk about too because it's just a little discussed topic in american history and uh yeah, a dark part of uh, our country's past that not a lot of people really know too much about. Never learned about it in school, I tell you that much. Nope. <laughs> not a yeah. talking point. Yeah, so, I mean, the big takeaway from it is that human rights have been violated up until pretty close to modern times just to kind of, like, eradicate these so-called bad genes. And the primary targets of it were, like, usually prisoners and mental asylum patients. And they would kind of like cut off these gene lines by forced sterilization. Um, So much so to the point that between, I think it was like 1960s through like the mid seventies, it was estimated that there were like 60,000 forced sterilizations, most of them being women, you know, via hysterectomy. Um, And the biggest reason they would sterilize these women is a they didn't want you know mentally challenged women reproducing, but it was also a lot. A lot of it had to do with like their sexual nature and limiting that because that was looked at as a poor trait, you know, just being promiscuous. Uh, with men, it was more you know still insane people and a lot of criminals, and yeah, so that's where the majority of these sterilizations took place. So promiscuity in men is encouraged. Yes, I believe so. And also, I feel like a lot of the women were targeted because they were always looked at as the ones being responsible for, like, getting pregnant and having children. So it was just easier to kind of, like, target them. I mean, that's how it works, isn't it? Don't they manipulate all of us into impregnating them? I think, I think you're right. Low crop <laughs> shirts, man. <laughs> yeah. Show me a little bit of cleavage, really get me going. Don't you dare try to get me to make some rape comment. <laughs> I guess. I mean, it's just going a little more into it. Like the the way these like these policies were really pushed through, it was by big money American corporations that were really trying to like push laws through and uh, and force these practices on people. And it was like the the Rockefellers and the Carnegies 
and I think the Harriman Railroad Company. Like, these were all the guys who were, like, funding propaganda to promote eugenics in American society. And I, I also find it really interesting, you know, with the, with the backing of all this money came planning that wasn't always, like, enacted through law. Part of those plans, you know, they looked at different ways that they could kind of discourage, you know, poor genetics being carried on to the next generation. And some of those considerations included, like, euthanasia. You know, it wasn't just these sterilizations going on. It was there were actually ideas written down to go ahead and kill off these people instead of sterilizing them. And it was actually the Carnegie's. I don't want to say Carnegie's, not the Carnegie family. It was like the Carnegie Institution. They had like a a point, uh, like an eight point plan, the last being euthanasia. And included in that euthanasia part of the plan was the idea of actually using gas to kill off these people. Ah, yes. So like we're, we're going like, we're going Nazi Germany with these ideas originating in the United States. Now these, these plans predate Nazi Germany. Yeah, yeah. So it was actually a, a lot of these uh, eugenics studies. I, California was like the biggest state for these eugenics programs. They had the most sterilizations. And the Nazis actually referenced like published journals from California at like the success of these eugenics programs and like used that as justification to kind of like start rolling out and implementing their own programs. And the gas idea, I, I'm pretty sure that had to have come from, you know, the Carnegie Institute. So the gas chambers were inspired, brought, brought to you by <laughs> yeah, the United States of America. So oh. we gave them the idea. Yeah, dude, it's fucked up. Like, legit. And, and like, nobody, nobody talks about this shit. I know it's like, you know, we're going back, whatever it is, like, you know, close to 100 years now, but I don't know. I, I, well, I, I say going back, like, that's the whole euthanasia part. There were still four sterilizations in California and like the, like, I think 2016 or 2017 was the last forced sterilization on a female prisoner. Jesus. Yeah. They claimed that she signed up like it was like a voluntary program that she signed up for. And like looking back on it, she had no idea that they were going to sterilize her. (laughs) So they just perform a hysterectomy. Like, oh, surprise. And and at that, like that time period and that point, like, like what the hell are you trying to do? Like you're like, it can't be a continuation of the same ideas like this this bloodline needs to end now yeah right do you know details specifically about that particular sterilization i do not I do you, not it, it was a female prisoner though yeah i think there were two of them it's fucking nuts bro crazy shit and we, and we talk about like the, the the atrocities during like the holocaust which like obviously are a hell of a lot more like severe than what we're talking about but like those ideas a lot of them were rooted in American American society. Yeah, but they're dis- here. They're disguised as a, a mission for science. But then again, like you think about it, that's how Hitler presented his stuff too. Yeah, well, there are some good things that came out of this movement. Birth control being one of them. But I think initially, I, I forget who was the founder of like Planned Parenthood. I don't think she. I don't think she was such a bad lass. But um, yeah, she was like pushing birth control, but. Then the other side of it was that birth control was being pushed in, like, poor black communities. Not to, like, you know, be responsible, but it was like, okay, again, stop having let's babies. stop having babies. Let's end this bad bloodline here and problem solved for American society and the betterment of the country. 
But like, you know, now it's looked at like, you know, birth control is a nice thing people have access to, you know. Yeah. So one good thing that came out of it. I'm sure that there's other stuff too. I mean, the concept of sterilizing like sex offenders and stuff like that is I think still practiced. I know Lupron therapy until fairly recently was a chemical castration well, that they used on, on male sex offenders, but I don't know if they continue to do it. It's something that I read about in school. Well, it, let me ask you this. If somebody is like chemically castrated or just castrated in general, like do they lose full desire to like their full like sexual desire? Like like these insane people, is it really like they're sexually getting off or is it something else like I wouldn't I think so. You look at some of these these sexual sadist serial killers. Do you think I wouldn't think that cutting? I mean, some of them would like to have their testicles removed mechanically. Like you know, would they still be able to come? I guess. Well, is ejaculate? I mean, because I know like like a lot of these like serial killers and shit you read about, they always end up coming somewhere. Like, yeah. Whether it's like in their pants or on the body. What do they, like, they call them? An excreter or something like that. That, they use that term yeah so, something like I don't that i've yeah. never heard that that sounds like a bad nickname for one of them <laughs> the excreter just always moist instead of the btk killer he's the excreter but, but i think but he was another one didn't he used to like after he killed people wouldn't he like i'm not sure if he like fucked the dead bodies or if he like jerked off in the corner after he like would kill someone i, I do think he masturbated at some there was definitely a sexual part of it though like, but somebody who I know for certain, like, look at Jeffrey Dahmer and Ted Bundy, some of the most famous and prolific serial killers in the country, John Wayne Gacy. Almost every serial killer, there's a sexual part of, yeah. of, of but, what But that's do. another thing. Like, these guys get caught and, like, you know, a lot of states still have the death penalty. And that's kind of, like, the resort. Or the whole idea of prison, whether you look at it as, like, you know, for uh, reform or just a isolate people from society like isn't that the goal yeah like also i don't know like not that i don't know i know for certain it, if somebody has 30 bodies in their basement it doesn't matter how chemically castrated they are they are they're not getting released back into the public yeah and the damage never. how much more damage could you do yeah definitely so what other benefits came from this terribly dark era um i think it gave birth to a lot of like gene editing practices or just the ideas that genes could be altered for the betterment of society and the human race. Mm. So a lot of like early gene, gene editing, gene engineering, and just like the fundamental practice of that kind of, I would think took off, not from, I guess from this idea in general, you know, in theory, it's the same thing. Like how do we improve humans, you know, through their genes and, you know, you could promote that in a positive way or, or, you know, the negative way by sterilizing people. I mean, I prefer my Levi's 501. I'm cutting that out. <laughs> I'm cutting that out. Definitely cutting that. Out. Was that a, that was a jeans joke? It was a jeans joke. <laughs> oh, it was hysterical, Mike. You didn't I, even. I know. I should have gotten it. That's why. I'm, that's why I'm mad at myself right now. <laughs> you could say I'm. I'm sitting here <laughs> in my head. I'm like, okay, a pair of jeans. Oh, it's like a... jeans, Levi highs. I was like, dude, I should have gotten it sooner. I would have been able to roll with it. Some salvage denim. That's our. There man. you go. Yeah, yeah, that's on us. That's on us. Yeah, so gene editing, which is a topic that Alex was, we were discussing. So do you want to get more into into eugenics? Uh, I don't care, man. We could just go with the flow. If you have any questions. Uh... So here's the thing that I wanted to get into because it's something that you presented. And this has really been my focus 
in the upcoming week speaking about gene editing and the concept of i don't know if everybody knows what crispr cas9 is but it's a bacterial protein that we're currently using and it's incredibly effective at removing and inserting genes in an almost programmed man not almost in a programmed manner so that's a really basic explanation because i don't know all that much about it but the concept of like being able to genetically create human beings that are less disease prone is attractive to me however the non-ethical non-moral side of things with people like for their own really ridiculous preconceived notions that particular group like i don't so personally i don't think that race is a real thing that's a (laughs) that's a brave statement i I think that we're all humans and the way that we look our phenotypes are, are the way that we present our genetic material is strictly because of how we've adapted to live in particular environments I think we're all yeah. humans. I don't think that there's any level of speciation between us. So it's really just like your skin's a little bit darker because your ancestors came from an area more exposed to the sun. sun. Yeah, that's that's absolutely right. Like, or your eyes are, are slantier for because lack of-, of the same reason too. Yeah, I guess genetically you have the same makeup, just different. You know, different genes are expressed in yeah. different groups yeah. of people. That's yeah, my, that's saying. my thought on the process. So I don't think that there's any validity in in a particular group of people being excluded from something but like like BRCA and the the rate at which women who have BRCA1 genes get cervical can- or, or what is it ovarian and breast right and other stuff too or like Lynch syndrome and its association with uh, colon cancer like that stuff I think would be great to remove but so you had mentioned in private and I'm not, I don't want to hijack this. So if you, we could cut it out and you could represent it, but the concept of designer babies, I have a real issue with that. I don't think that designer babies should be a thing. Now that means, is that along the lines of, I want my kid to have blue eyes. Yeah. Type thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. That, that see the thing with that is, so I think there's also a, um, the problem with So I'm all with the, gene editing in terms of like so your kid doesn't isn't born with like a certain disease or something like for example i think uh don't quote me but i think it's norway or iceland one of those nations there's no down syndrome i think because of gene editing i think they just there's just no one there with it i mean they're also you know because they're icelandic or whatever the nation is itself they don't have anyone visiting from other countries like frequently enough to have and star families so no one really brings those genes over but like what you said i think there's like a religious standpoint on it where it's like supposed to you know you have a kid on the way and kind of like how he's going to come out is how he's going to come out which is you know not to get too deep into it but do i really want to know if it's possible that my kid could be born with some kind of disease oh yeah absolutely but would I go out of my way to make sure his eyes are like blue? I think that's a little bit crazy. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you there. Yeah, I think it's a little too much playing God in that situation. Like, yeah. obviously, you want to avoid these like terrible like diseases and birth defects, and that's you know that's a that's a cool way to implement it and a reasonable way. And I think most people would be on board with that, unless they're you know lunatics worrying about like overpopulating the earth and shit and like people living longer. But um, 
I don't know when it when it comes to just like physical traits and alterations that way. Like, I don't think it would just end at physical, you know, physical attributes, eye color, hair color, you know, hairiness and stuff. But like, people are gonna want to start making their kids like jacked and like you know really strong or like hot, like you know shit like that. And the people who are gonna be able to do this rich. is gonna be the yeah. rich. People. Yeah. So that's Did what they, the yeah. same thing. You have this money pushing pushing their agenda. These people now actually will be gen- genetically superior to other groups of people, whether yeah. you divide it on race or like, you know, what's the name of that television show on Amazon prime with the superheroes, the boys, the yeah. boy. Yeah. We would uh, try to do something like that. Yeah. I will say this though. Um, in terms of like having those favorable, favorable traits in like a rich population and those people continuing to have generations and generations of these, like, more fit genetic uh, offspring, I think that would be kind of self-limiting because just naturally people are going to want to have like, you know, strong, young, strong sons, you know, I guess attractive, you know, have, have I guess, your stereotypical like alpha male attributes. Um, but when it comes to like designing your daughter or designing a female, I don't think anybody's going to want to make their daughters hot, which like immediately, you know, kind of like weakens their gene pool. <laughs> You're not going to have the option, like, you have a checklist at the doctor, and it's like, do you want to give your, your daughter, like, huge tits? What like, kind like, of fucking <laughs> pervert? I want my daughter to be hot as shit. Yeah, like, nobody's going to check that box. Childbearing like, hips. I'll make her very Dude, You never know. What if there's someone out there that's, like, genuine, like, you know, uh, I want to be mad if, like, my daughter comes out, like, attractive or something, and then, like, for the hopes of her being, like, a model in the future. Like, that's not, like, like I believe that. I, I I think it's more along the athlete like line. Like I think they offered LeBron James and Serena Williams like two million so they could combine forces to have a kid. I'm not sure. If, I mean that obviously didn't happen. But like you said, it's, it's this is only just going to be for the ultra rich people trying to breed super athletes. Yeah, I, I, and I don't know if this was a rumor or if this was a real thing, but I, I like I'm pretty sure Yao Ming. There was something going around where he was like the offspring of like two like super athletes in china and they pretty much just like got together it was like you're gonna make the ultimate athletic child that poor guy is fucked man <laughs> his yeah. joints are shot he, how old is he he's in his fucking 40s and he's like falling apart yeah i'm sure i mean prayers out <laughs> prayers go out to yao ming, yao ming. Yeah, tall people shout out to him kind of a short lifespan for for tall people yeah i, I feel like once you hit that seven foot mark it's a wrap but hey, man, he made millions of dollars playing a playing a game. On another note, I, I, I'd like to present. Well, nah, whatever. This isn't even really a question, but I'm just like, if I was like six foot seven, jacked out of my mind, and attractive as all hell, I wouldn't be mad if my parents made me that way. No. Well, no. you have, like, there's this uh, there's this movement now that's kind of like gained a little more traction about like people who are strongly against uh, like circumcision, and there's there's people who are like. I mean, for me personally, whatever, like parents make a choice. It is what it is. Some of it's religious based. Some of it's just cultural. You know, we all know like most people are cut here in America, but there's this like a lot of like millennial, I I guess that's the right categorization of the age group. A lot of like millennials kind of resent their parents for making that decision to get them cut. And like, I I don't know, like, I I don't think that should. I'm on the opposite end of the spectrum. How so? Because I'm uncut. Oh shit, we're gonna throw this in the podcast? I'd I'd rather be cut. Okay. okay. I've thought about going to your to a urologist to to take the hoodie off of little Phil. 
Mike, what are we packing? What are, what are we working with down there? <laughs> you rock- you talk- you gotta- Am I rocking the hood? I'm rocking a half sleeve hood. You know what I'm talking about? That's what's up. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's foreskin's dragging on the floor when he's walking. Mike's got a five. <laughs> Mike's got a five skin. I, I could tie my shoes with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I mean, I don't unrelated to the to the current topic, but I, straight up, like I would way rather because as far as hygiene and shit is concerned, like on a sweaty day, bro. The both of you, like you know, <laughs> smegma is a thing, my guy. If I have a rough fucking day, or if I'm like working out in the yard and I come in and I try to clean that skin under there, it's like armpit sweat times five thousand. Yeah, I mean the whole reason I brought it up, I didn't want to get on a whole spiel about you dick know, cheese. Yeah, I didn't want to get on that. It was just basically like, you know, children resenting their parents for like making a decision for them before they can make it for themselves, which I think is bullshit because I think you know, first couple of years of your life, like none of your decisions are your own. Yeah, and not for nothing, but for the most part, parents are making decisions to make your life better. I and mean, there's some fucked up people out there, but a large, I, I would think a large majority of the time, people are making decisions because they think it'll better you in the future. Yeah, and who fucking knows, man? I mean, I, I wouldn't want to genetically engineer my kid. I would. I'd, I'd, yeah. I don't know. I think I'd, like, if I had a son, I think, I, like I said, I'd kind of want him to be like, I don't know, tall, jacked guy, handsome, ripped athlete. Yeah, gets bitches. Invest all your money into into <laughs> getting bitches and making money. But a daughter, hell no. Want a little nerd? I don't know, just average. Like if they have again, going back to a checklist at the doctor, if they just have like everything scaled from like one to ten, ten being the most and one being the least, and just go through attributes, I think I would just like between four and six for everything down the board. Yeah. <laughs> Your daughter would be like bland boiled rice and you'd have this jacked up son and she would just resent her brother. Yeah, at least he'd protect her. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I read during COVID that I had like a lot of downtime. I read this book series, Red Rising, and it, it kind of, I guess it's a play off the same concept. It's like a futuristic book, kind of seems like it was written and geared towards like 14 year old boys, but like I got into it. And you are not a 14 year old boy. <laughs> for the record i am not a 14 <laughs> um but it was basically basically the same concept like you had these like genetically superior guys called the golds and then everybody was categorized in like a caste system based on the colors and like the lowly ones were the reds and they were like the mine workers and like the shit end of society like half the size of these like golden gods and yeah it was a whole like dystopian sci-fi that yeah real interesting <laughs> i mean i'm into it yeah, that's what I did in my downtime in COVID. I drank a lot and I read sci-fi novels for fourteen-year-old boys. Talking about downtime in COVID, I tried to play. Uh, what was it, Mike? What did I try to play with you? Wars. Oh, you were playing Warzone, yeah. Recently? No, during COVID. Uh, I think it was like maybe the first month or so into the pandemic. And it was it was terrible. That was a fun time. Yeah, fun for you because you're good at it. Mike was hopping around the fucking map, killing people, bringing back loot, and I was just hiding under a bush, trying to not get killed by that gas wall that comes in. You gotta try sniping. I have the hand-eye coordination of a blind. If you're a squirrel. bush squatter, you gotta either like throw a silencer on something or or be a sniper. You have to be able to hit something first, though. True. People jumping around, I can't shoot them. 
It was also who else? Alex, oh, and, and Ant was playing with us too. There you go. Yeah, yeah. We had quite this. We had quite the group. We had a whole squad together. You guys played cool games during quarantine. I played like Animal Crossing by myself on my Nintendo Switch. It was like literally just doing chores every day. I would, if our relationship was as fantastic as it is now, you would have been on Warzone. Yeah, I, I downloaded it. Like uh, I forget when, and like. I played for five minutes and then I just put it down and never played again. It just seemed like the popular thing at the time, and I like those first yeah. person shooters. But it's not a first yeah. person shooter. It's like a what do they call that? A MMORPG? No, it's not a role playing no, game. No, it's not. It's it is a it's a first person shooter. Is it? It's a not- battle. It's it's a but it's classified under battle royale. Ah, yes, that's, that's what it is. Battle royale. Next yeah, week, yeah. Mike talk about his favorite video games. I can fuck with it. <laughs> I even have a fate. Uh, I guess it, I, I just had so many that I play. I kind of just go on tangents where I just stick to one for a while. Mike was a big Counter Strike guy. Really? Huge. Yeah, huge. I mean, they're now, coming out with a new rendition of it, which I think is just a huge update. But yeah, never, I'm, I'll, I'll probably check it out one of these days when it comes out. That was like one of the games I'd like go over at Buddy's house, and like his older brother would just be on the computer playing Counter Strike. And I was always so jealous of it, but never gotten to it myself. I was a big SOCOM guy back in the day. Ah, SOCOM. Me, me and my buddies would like go like meet up on a street corner, like hang out and bullshit, and like be like, "Oh, let's do something fun." And like ten minutes, we'd be like, "You guys want to all go inside and just play SOCOM?" That was. What the fuck is the point of being outside when you can play video games? Yeah, man, I'm an indoors guy. Yeah, hell yeah. I guess I mean, we... it's it's more apparent that there's like. I kind of sat there one day thinking about it when I was like walking outside and uh, there's definitely just the new dynamic with these new generations of kids because like no one is outside anymore. There's apparently like I only realized this maybe around Halloween how many like children there are on my block because like they were obviously walking out of their house. But other than that, like they don't hang out like how we used to when we were younger. I was like, dude, like that's crazy. I can't imagine growing up in this time i guess like you, not... sound, you sound like the middle-aged women at my workplace yeah i mean it's true it's true they say like their kids like all like they'll hang out with their friends and they just sit on the couch next to each other and text from like across the room same oh, that, that that is actually very crazy the only time i'll like text somebody in the same room is in me is if i'm like talking shit and, like, yeah 100 someone... percent like, hey, I'm trying to leave. You trying to go too? <laughs> Dead. Get the fuck out of here. Now, nobody from work will ever listen to this, but I was doing that in the Christmas party. They better not. <laughs> it's just it's just a matter of time before we say something that'll get us fired. <laughs> Alex and Phil come into the office. We've got an HR meeting. I'm like, oh fuck. Dude. I saw in the news recently about a couple that was suing someone in San Francisco because they tried, they were guaranteed that their baby had a certain gene removed that was going to cause some sort of stomach cancer. And turns out the baby was born and lo and behold, they, they, they were skeptical about something. They went back and then it turns out that they made an error at the lab and that kid ended up being born with the gene that the parents did not want so that's turning into a huge uh multi-million dollar lawsuit as expected oh shit does the kid have stomach cancer 
I mean, so like they just, I think, I don't, I'm not sure what it is exactly. Again, I, I only saw like the headline, but I just know they were guaranteed, like they paid a huge amount of money to make sure like, Hey, this is something that's like prevalent in our family history and our, you know, and we don't want it to happen to our kid. And I think they, it has to be that the kid has some kind of stomach problems or, or maybe just happened to look and maybe another test done something else had to have been something but which brings up a point that you know you start doing this and now in the grand scheme of things uh, i don't know how safe proof these kinds of operations are i assume that one was just an outlier and like a real mistake but i mean imagine you have more and more people doing this what are the chances like more of these kinds of mistakes happen and you just have everyone suing everybody and then they're going to turn into a yeah, maybe we're not going to do this because of how much of a liability it is. Yeah, true. I mean, I mean, all of this gene editing like takes place like before like the embryo is developing. It's usually like in a petri dish. They're fucking around with shit. But I didn't know that they implemented it. I didn't know that they were doing it actively. There was a, <laughs> I think a Japanese doctor, like uh, it was like a decade ago. It was like a set of twins, and he like. You removed the gene or or somehow edited their genes where they they couldn't get hiv mm. which i guess like doesn't matter now because aids is cured but like AIDS and, is cured? And, and i don't know how you prove that either i don't know if you just kind of like inject these girls with <laughs> with aids and see what happens but like that that was the claim that wait 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 wait. aids HIV. is cured i didn't know aids was cured yeah man aids is cured by who magic johnson magic johnson God, science. Oh, look at Mike! Oh, he's pulling shit up. Yeah, I had to Google it because it was bothering me. So this the the father had stomach cancer, and the wife had a gene genetic mutation prone to breast and ovarian. So so they had you know three cancers that were possible in their future offspring. So there you go. Yeah. So look it up. But to clarify, this is that's not. That is eugenics, though. Good, good, good tie-in. But this isn't gene editing. This is they take multiple, they create multiple fertilized embryos, and then they sequence the genome to see which ones are po- which ones have which particular gene, and they're supposed to pick the one without. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. So but, there you go. Because of genetic recombination and all of these other processes. He's- oh, that's what I was. I was saying. I was like, this. This sounds exactly like what we're gonna somewhat talk about. So it's testing it's genetic testing and then they're supposed to pick the least yeah. the least affected embryo the, the embryo without those genes yeah i mean that's oh. still gene editing you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. artificially like yeah selecting mm. or yeah. yeah they don't let it by chance basically that's 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 oh, more yeah. it's not you're not just you know busting off in a chicken whatever happens happens <laughs> you're 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 looking to see what you know sperm and what uh site? No, I think that they're already. Which ovum? I, I think I might have like unintentionally enforced uh, eugenics policies on on my skin flora recently. Please explain. <laughs> I was uh, <laughs> I use like sanitation wipes that they use like for medical equipment on my hands. 
Okay. <laughs> so I think I like just destroyed all of just like the natural like you know bacteria on my hands, and now I'm getting these little little lesions and sores on my hands. <laughs> what the fuck did so, you do to yourself? So, so I have like a low level of concern that like now I might have some sort of resistant like bacteria growing on my hands. Like Alex, Alex also thinks that he sheds fungus. <laughs> I mean, those things are no joke. I'm they're strong as hell. I I mean, obviously TikTok isn't the best source of information, but the only reason why I know how strong those are is like they're Am I not wrong? They're supposed to be handled with like gloves on. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and they they have like they have different ones that they use. Um mine's a was the purple top container, which I think is alcohol based, not like bleach based, but yeah, use gloves. And like I, I washed my hands and I was just like I, I don't know. I was just like in a panic. I like I I mean I, you just wanted it off you. Like any anyone else would definitely be getting that off as soon as possible. I mean it, it's most likely that these things on my hands are just dry skin. <laughs> but you know, there's always the chance that I have something eating away at me. If there's any dermatologist that tune in. That one's <laughs> weird. That's the weird one. Yeah, that's that's funky. Yeah. We got to start videoing for YouTube in this fucking closet of a room. I don't know. Maybe I could take one of those wipes and I'll just do like another. No, no. Another swab somewhere. Stop using the fucking wipes. How do do I get my natural hand flora back? I don't know. (laughs) Rub them all over the rest of your body. I've definitely done that since the incident. Lick your hands. Or have the dog lick your hands. He already was. It also, you know, I mean, you could also just be dry. Do you use any moisturizers? Yeah, I have been. I was never like a big believer in them, but from washing. So, I mean, not, I guess maybe some people picked up on this, but Alex and I work in healthcare. And from washing your hands constantly, you definitely dry out your hands. Dude, during COVID, I just had like, like skin falling off me. Yeah. <laughs> my, my face was shot. Yeah. Sorry, I went off on a tangent. No, I appreciate the tangent. Yo, I sent you that, uh, Mike, there's this website. I'm not sure if you've came across it, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, I think it's just Hitler cats or cats that look like Hitler. Oh, with the, with the discolored faces and they, so they look like they got a mustache. Yeah. And a lot there of, the, a lot of them even have like little spots on their head that look like, kind of like Hitler comb overs. His little comb over. Oh my God. Something that I want to bring up that I think is interesting and pretty much completely unrelated to this topic, but I want you guys' opinion on something. People are really into Vikings recently. There's like fucking four television shows on about them, people bragging about their Nordic heritage and whatnot. And they like, we're talking about a topic that's dark in this country and people like ignore because they don't want to talk about it much like slavery and all the other shit that happened here but can i just say vikings were fucked up and it's become this thing where people are like oh yeah like this guy's six foot eight foot foot eight and he's from you know norway or whatever he's got any of those scandinavian yeah how is that a bragging point uh, not only that i've heard people brag about like oh i have like i have like uh I have Viking blood in me, which means like one of my ancestors was probably raped by. Yeah, uh, by guaranteed. Viking. It's like sick, like cool. <laughs> Good on you, bro. Great, great, great grandma got fucked. But also, the largest shit in the world is apparently belonging to a Viking. If you go on Reddit and look up the world's largest bowel movement, it belongs to a Viking, and it was frozen. Some scientist 
who I don't envy for having that job. Is there an organization that like keeps track of these things? Of bowel movements? Or, or just specifically like size and weight of? Yeah, the, the World Fecal Organization, WFO. WFO. Yeah. They have a website. <laughs> South Park uh, South Park claims that... Uh, who's, the, who's the largest piece of shit in the world? It's like Bono, I think. Yeah. Isn't it? Go to yeah. South it was the dude, the dude from U2, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's they did a whole episode about it. That's what I was thinking as soon as you brought that up about the Viking with the world's largest bowel movement. Yeah, Rand, Randy Marsh takes this massive dump, eight feet tall. <laughs> Bono, Bono claims the title. So Easter's coming up. It is. Yeah, that's right. What did you give up for Lent? I. Gave up salted snacks. And have you been keeping up with that? Yeah. Yeah. Which makes me sometimes think like, oh, you know what? I didn't really give up something good because like, I'm not really a fiend for like snacks like that in general. So maybe it's not something I should have given up. But like at the same time, I do like indulge occasionally in them. So it's like, I think it is something good to give up. You know what I think is the best thing to give up for men during Lent? masturbating yeah that's 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 pretty good yeah for six weeks that's a religious experience saving your seed for your woman only for six weeks are you allowed to engage in other sexual activities with a partner i've never given it that much thought no keeping it in your pants hands off no activity for the schmeckle What's the uh, like? What's the whole idea of giving something up for Lent? Oh boy, you're asking the real uh, theological questions. I, I, I have no idea. So you you don't? Did you ever give anything up for Lent? Maybe when I was younger, soda or ice cream or shit, but not something I practice. I ask Mike because I know that Mike is fairly religious. Yeah, but if if you ask me why do we give something up, I don't remember. But I want to say it had to do with the. Um, I'm probably wrong. I thought it was it had to do with the 40 days in the desert where they were like starving and suffering. So it's like for Lent, we pick one thing to give up. So we're like suffering and starving and giving up something too. So, so it's a symbolic suffering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically. I guess in a I, nutshell. I guess not masturbating might be the ultimate self-suffering. It's also self-abuse. So how could it be self-suffering if you're giving it up? I was told I'd go blind. If you, if you don't jerk off? 32 years and I'm still, I got 20-20 vision, baby. That's what be. I'm saying. I'm just reading right here. Uh, Snopes kind of debunked this, this claim that the, the world's longest shit was 26 feet. 26 feet? Yeah. No shot. There's yeah. no way. Yeah, yeah, it was debunked. But like, even to make that claim is insane. We're saying a woman named Michelle Hines set the world record when she produced a 26 long, long uh, piece of excrement down the length of a bowling alley. I mean, like, just logically, though, how long are our intestines? How long are they? I don't know. They're pretty long. They are long. I know, because, I mean, like, they do. They... Let me Google this now before I continue. No, I got you. I'm beat. on it. 22 feet. Okay. 
So, I mean, if someone said an 18, I'd be like, <laughs> well, that's more, that's more believable than 26. If it's longer than 22, then that means half of it was out of her mouth before well, she started. Think of the sphincter like a, like a Play-Doh mold. So, like, you could have, technically, you could have, like, 20 feet of your bowel packed out. And then when, once it's going through a little, like, Play-Doh mold prep, yeah. kind of compress, yeah. it's longer and skinny. So, maybe not out of the realm of possibility. Sorry to draw. Yeah, no, no. It's just, it's just hard to believe that, just in general. It's like, you just think of the average person just taking a dump. I mean, no one thinks of the average person taking a dump. That's crazy to say. But you think of yourself taking one, and you're like, I can't. You can't even do a 20th of that. I just want to throw this out, out there. On St. Patrick's Day, I was strongly considering telling everyone in my family I had, had a podcast and go listen to it. And now I'm very glad I didn't before I heard the second one. <laughs> this sounds. Oh, well, yeah, listen, <laughs> I, I'm going to edit the shit out of this and you're going to be just as proud of it as you were the first one. Fuck if I know about eugenics. Fuck eugenics. Fuck, fuck if we know. Fuck if, fuck if eugenics is a thing that the U.S. created and it was adopted by Yeah, exactly. Let LeBron and Serena Williams make a baby. Yeah, fuck them. Big whoop. Let's be real. They're like it's it's their money that's gonna get them by in life anyway, not not their genes. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. Because that's the thing too. Serena Williams is one of the richest. LeBron is one of the richest athletes. Serena Williams. I think LeBron's legit, like a billionaire. Has yeah, like more money off the court than he does playing ball. I th- and I think yeah. that's true for Serena Williams. Could be. Yeah, I'm fairly sure. I was fucking yeah. growing up like reading Sports Illustrated for kids, and she was like on the cover like constantly. And she did marry the CEO or founder of Reddit, which I think, I don't know if he still owns it or he just sold his stake in it, but that's also a lot of money there too.